Welcome to the Interesting Health and Safety Podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. Hi there, welcome to the Interesting Health and Safety Podcast. Today's episode is um is a is a presentation that um, I was fortunate enough to be asked to uh, to give to the to the Institute of Quarian. Um, they run they run some health and safety days with the health and safety executive up in the uh, up in the north Scotch corner. Uh, this is where this one was recorded, and also down in Chesterfield. And there's a there's a number of speakers, about five or six speakers in a day. One of the speakers was talking about um, testicular cancer, and uh, you make you hear me make a reference to that. Um, a lady called Donna from Industrial Diagnostics was really interesting. Uh, there was a guy called Andy who spoke about uh, electrical safety. The Institute Aquarium was represented by by a guy called Julian um, Smallshaw who, who spoke about um, leadership things. Like, and it was and it was, it was it was it's been a very a very good uh, very good event. Well attended and uh, and these days are always they're always good because they, they, it just gives a chance to to give a little bit back to the uh, to the industry um, that has served me well, um, but but also um, you know it gives us a chance to get the uh, you know to get important messages out there and um, you know I'm talking a bit about about it's it's, it's called accident investigation but it's not really it's just, I suppose it's about what we can do to try and learn from the stuff that goes on whether we've had an incident or an accident or not. It's you know it's really about about learning from the events and, and and getting people to be open and honest. I've been I've been fortunate enough to to listen to people like Todd Conklin, um, Sydney Decker, people like that, and they've got some some really great approaches to uh, to, to 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 health and safety um, in the workplace. And, and and a lot of what I talk about is some of the stuff that I've learned from them. Anyway, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up now. Um, I'm gonna run the uh, run the episode, and maybe we can have a bit of a bit of a chat at the end. Cheers, now. Good, uh, good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot for um, for giving us the opportunity to come and uh, have a chat with you uh, today. Um, it's about the third or fourth time I think I've uh, I've presented here, and um, and I enjoy I enjoy coming up here. Julian, you uh, you know you also mentioned a little bit about coaching, and um, and I, I I was one of the people that put my hand up um, when uh, when you mentioned about coaching, and I had. Um, I've got this guy called Jerry. He's, a, I suppose, he's a bit of a life coach, and uh, I, I run my own business, and uh, and 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 you can get really heavily involved when you run your own business, and it can start to it can start to take over your life a little bit. So, so what I do is I go and meet up with this guy Jerry just uh, just just once a month, and, and and really talk about talk about the things that are probably more important than actually business. You know, talking about the family and uh, and stuff like that, and the things that you need to do, and how you, how you need to try and break a um, but no, uh, I, I, I go and see I go and see uh, Jerry and uh, let's say get stuff off my chest and uh, and I can remember uh, having a having a bit of a discussion with my uh, with my wife um, one day about uh, just about I don't know, about nothing really and we ended up uh, we ended up having a bit of a, a bit of an argument and uh, and and the way that she finished the argument was uh, why don't you just fucking go and see Jerry and uh, and I just thought that was an absolutely Brilliant way to uh, to sort of end the argument, really, and it, and it made me sit back and it made me reflect a little bit about um you know about what is important and um and you know and uh, you know listening listening to the missus is one of them, but also just getting the uh, just getting the balance that balance right in life. Um, I've got a I've got a few things that are that I want to talk today about. It says it said accident investigation in the uh, in the in the in the slide there, but in actual fact we're we're talking a little bit more more about um. I suppose trying to find trying to find the positives about incidents, and maybe trying to be a bit proactive as well um, before before incidents happen, before incidents occur. Um, 
I've got a couple of uh, couple of sentences up there. You know, all, all accidents are avoidable, and, and and people make mistakes. How do you how do you feel about how do you feel about the first first one? All accidents are avoidable. Does anybody does anybody agree with that? No, show of hands, maybe. But anybody who does agree with that, right? Okay, and I mean that's a, that's a, that's a good point. What about what about people make mistakes? How do you feel about that? Yeah, true. Yeah, okay. I mean that's a that's 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 what I feel about it. You know, I don't think all accidents are avoidable. Unfortunately, one of the things that we uh, you know that we, we that we try and do is we is we, tr- we we try and I suppose put a lot of emphasis and a lot of um, a lot of control uh, into the business down with the people that are doing the job and and as it says there people people make mistakes i can i can actually put a quote on this uh on this here today you know we're only human people do make mistakes uh, adrian that was you earlier on today you know at uh, on, the, on the 19th for uh, on the 19th of september it's something that you said and and it's true you know people do make mistakes so what we need to do as uh, as businesses as, as as business owners as as managers in business is is really try and look at the way that we uh you know the way that we look to plan and organise and, and run our businesses to to actually to allow people to make mistakes, but allow people to make mistakes in a way that, that isn't going to end up with them getting seriously injured or or killed. Um, have uh, have you seen the accident triangle before? Okay, so uh, you know it's 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 been around in it for a lot of uh, for a lot of years now, and and the idea being that there's there's unsafe acts and behaviours and near misses and major injuries and, and fatal accidents and. And I suppose one of the one of the one of the weaknesses of, of this kind of uh, this kind of thinking is 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 that there's some kind of progression up through you know so so unsafe acts are going to turn into near misses are going to turn into major injuries and going to turn into fatalities, but in actual fact that isn't really how it works. Um, who who in here has got a has got a near miss reporting process or a near miss reporting procedure in their business? Yeah, how um how successful is it? You don't get a number, they say. No, no, that's right. But why do you think that is? It's because the number's not right. I think that's a, that's the top and bottom of it. And and in actual fact, you know, you know, if if you if you don't create an environment in your workplace where there's where there's openness, where there's trust, then in actual fact, people aren't going to aren't going to put their aren't going to put their hands up. Let me ask another question then. So you so you got near miss. Can I ask when was when was the last time that um that somebody that somebody in this room actually reported a near miss? Yesterday, last week. So out of a room of, what, 130 people, we had one yesterday and one last week, and maybe not a lot more else from the people in this room. Now, you may have had people below you, people um, you know, in your management chains that reported stuff in, but in actual fact, if you, if you really want things to stick and things to work in the business, then you, you've got to be standing up and, uh, and, actually, and actually doing the process and doing the, uh, doing the things you, yourself. And we're, you know, we're quite good at, um, you know, we're quite good at imposing these these near miss uh, these near miss processes on the, uh, you know, into the into the business, but then not always actually following them through themselves. And one of the things that, that I'd like you, um, when you go back into your workplaces, to to challenge a little bit is 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 what do you do with the information that does come in, okay? Because because what I see is I see a lot of businesses that put together these near miss programs. But they never really challenge when stuff comes in, and and, and I've got some really really simple questions that I'd like you to uh, to take away from today to take you uh, back into your workplace. And and the first one is, is 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 when that near miss has happened. Okay, has it happened as a result of the control measures that we've got in the place that have stopped something more serious from happening? So so did the controls that we have in the business actually stop something more serious happening, or or did the near miss happen? 
when and did the person not get hurt purely down to luck? And if it's the latter, okay, then you've got something to do in your business. And for me, if it's the latter, then you do want to be you do want to be challenging. So so I'm going to put a big cross up on here. I'm 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 not putting a cross up here because I don't believe that that having a good near miss reporting process isn't important into a business. But what I am putting up there is I'm putting a cross up there because having a near miss reporting process isn't necessarily going to stop something more significant or something very serious like a fatality happening in your business. Not necessarily. And in actual fact, if I ask the question here, how many people in this room have got a very robust, serious injury or fatal um, activity uh, process in their business? I wonder how many people, you know, I'll put their hands up. How many people in here actually proactively look at the tasks that are going on in the business that have got potential to seriously injure or kill people and you really challenge the way that you do the job? And if you, if you can say you've got that, then fantastic, okay? But I think a lot of businesses don't treat it anywhere near um, uh, clear enough. And so, and so when you're doing things like risk assessment, okay, there's a lot of time, you know, there's a lot of time spent on, on doing risk assessments and stuff like that around tasks that aren't necessarily going to really seriously injure or kill somebody. And then there isn't an anywhere near amount enough time spent on the tasks that can. So I'd like you to just think about it and maybe maybe just go out to your employees and sit down sit down with them and go and chat to them and just say, you know, well, what, what tasks, what jobs have we got going on in our workplace that have got a chance of seriously injuring or killing you? And just see what they come back with. Just ask that question and see what they come back with. Then I want you to say, if if you're doing this kind of job and something goes bad, something goes wrong, what control have you got in place that's going to stop you getting seriously injured or killed? And then the final question is, and is that enough? Have we got enough control out there? Because I look at our industry, okay, and, 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 and there's this big, you know, there's this big chase for, for Target Zero and stuff like that. I've seen the Target Zero logo up on one of the slides today. And for me, this is, this is, this is an opinion, okay, and I like to be a little bit controversial, but I think it could have been one of the worst campaigns that our industry could have supported. And the reason I believe that isn't, right, isn't because morally it isn't right that, uh, that, that, we, that we don't hurt anybody. You know, we don't want to stop people get, we don't want to stop people getting injured. Sorry, we do want to stop people getting injured. But things like Target Zero, you know, um, processes like that, what they do is they encourage people to go quiet. Okay, as, as a business, the accident stats and numbers are coming down, then people in the business go more and more quiet because they don't want to be the one. They don't want to be the person that puts their hand up that's had the injury or had the, uh, had, had the event or whatever it may be. And, and, and why would we want to introduce a process into our business where people are being quietened on something as important as health and safety? I don't get it. I don't understand that. In actual fact, we shouldn't even really be looking at numbers. What we should be doing is we should be looking at activities. We should be looking at tasks. Because one of the problems with numbers, you know, accident stats, you know, Riddle, Riddle's a big driver about this. It treats every single injury pretty much as the same. Okay. And, you know, if somebody's broken their hand, um, it's, it's, it's treated in the same way as, as maybe somebody that's had a number of days off because they've, they've had a small cut, you know. 
And if I asked anybody in this room, would you would you trade a a, a fatality for a, for a broken arm? I think I think people would say, yeah, you know, I would, you know, if if if, if I could get away with with not killing somebody, and what they'll do is they'll they'll break their arm. I think people would say, yeah, we'll have some of that. You know, so so we shouldn't actually be frightened of the fact that people do break arms if it's happened because it stopped them getting killed. So so these are the sort of things that uh, you know that I'd like you to I'd like you to think about. There's been a big big push for many many years about uh, about things like behavioural safety, you know, and about um you know about trying to change. Um, the, the behaviours and the approaches and, and, of people in the workplace, and, and we've had a bit of a discussion already this morning about rules. Um, there was um, Adrian, you, you mentioned about um, the the uh, um, short firing rules in the business, and, and the Corey's regs, you know, really encourage people to, to put rules together. But there's a weakness again with rules, um, and, the, and, the, and the weakness is is is, is they get weaponised. Okay, you put rules together. You put you put rules together, and then and then something goes wrong, and, and what happens is is the company blames the individual for not following the rules. So, so my question is: is is that mean that it's only bad people that ever have accidents at work? Because I don't believe that. And I think, in actual fact, we've got an industry that is encouraging people to make decisions all the time. You know, we've got an industry that's really, really challenging people to to try and to try and make things carry on working. We're trying to, you know, trying to get productivity going. We're trying to get people to think on their feet. And because of that, because we're we're encouraging that, then in actual fact, people are gonna make mistakes. Has has anybody in here um, done an accident investigation and um, and they've put down, um, you know, one of the outcomes of the uh, of the accident investigation that uh, you know that the uh, you know the worker. It was the worker. You know they didn't. They didn't follow the rule. They didn't put the uh, the process in place. Did, you know it's pinning the finger on them. Has anybody anybody come across that? Has happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know I think I think you're missing a trick. Okay, if you if you if you if your outcome of your accident investigation is is that uh, you know it's the worker's fault, you're missing a trick. How did people feel in this feel in this room just now when when Andy? Mentioned about that uh, that guy chucking that that crowbar onto the buzz bar. What a bloody idiot we had down here! Anybody else? How do people feel? Eh? Shocked. Oh, hey, boom, boom. Eh? Isn't isn't that thought exactly what I'm just saying there? You're blaming the worker, aren't you? And it, and if you just blame the worker, you're never going to actually make things any better because it's the easy it's the easy option, isn't it? It's the easy way out. Oh, you know what an idiot. You know what did he do that? But in actual fact, if you actually look at that activity, there was a whole load of planning that should have gone in before that activity took place to actually stop that individual from being even being given the chance to chuck that uh, to chuck that that uh, crowbar onto that uh, onto that cable, and and if we if we continue you know we've got there if we continue to focus on prevention, then we're only going to find that prevention only works up until something goes wrong, and so and so 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 what we've got to do is we've we've got to look at much much deeper. So, so I want you to, to really be thinking about, you know, really getting down to, to looking at the really significant and serious activities that are going on in your business and really challenging the way that you're controlling them. And have you got controls in there? And have you got controls that if something goes wrong, 
It's going to stop that person from getting injured or killed. They may have some other kind of something that happens to them, but they're not going to get injured or killed. And if you can get those controls in place, then you're going to be in a in a better place. When um, one of the other things that I um, that I see a lot of in the business, and, and to be fair, you know, I, I, you know, we, we mentioned earlier on about um, um, Julian again. Was it thirty odd thirty odd years you've been in the industry in ARC? You know, I um, I started with ARC as well. I, I don't look at um, how long how, how long I've been in the business. I actually look at, at how much weight I've put on. Um, and I I've put on six and a half stones since I've started working in this uh, this industry. I was really you know quite quite slim when I first started, but uh, traveling around the country and uh, you know doing things like this and eating eating rubbish food is, is paying its toll. And I need to do something about that. But um, but the thing is is um, is you know there's a lot of time that we spent out there. And I actually, when I was at Hanson, one of the things that I um, that I put into place, I put in this thing called Take One. Um, some of you may have uh, may have heard of it, and you may have other you may have other processes and, and, and ideas and things that are in the business, which is which is putting this 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 emphasis on the on the individual, okay, the person who's doing the job, to actually make that final call, to make that final decision before they go and do the job. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, okay. I'm not saying. That we shouldn't have processes where people are are being asked to challenge and asked to look at it. But what I am saying is, the minute that somebody says, "Oh well, he didn't do a take one, okay, or he didn't do a two ticks for safety, or whatever it is," you're weaponizing that process. And the minute you start to weaponize that process, then people are going to shut up, okay? People are going to stop talking. So, so in actual fact, what you want to be doing is is you don't want to be criticizing. You don't want to be criticizing somebody if they are, uh, you know, if they um. If, 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 if they, they, they haven't done a take one, what you've got to be doing is you've got to be asking a question, you know, well, why have we, or how have we got to this situation where they haven't, um, they haven't made the right call and haven't been comfortable and haven't been confident to actually, to actually speak up. And it's about getting this openness. It's about getting this transparency. You know, in our industry, you know, I mentioned a little bit about rules earlier on. We've got, um, you know, we've got these cardinal rules. We've got these, these, uh, um, golden rules. We've got workplace rules. All these kind of things. They're a fantastic starting point. I'm not saying they're a load of rubbish. What I'm saying is they're a fantastic starting point for us to to really uh, challenge the activities that are going on that are covered by those rules. So working at height will be one of them. You know, if you've got a working at height activity going on here, you really want to be challenging. What are you doing that particular day to a make sure the people that are doing the job are really Com- comfortable and competent to do it. Have they got the right attitude on the day? Have you got the right control measures in place? You know, have you got the right supervision? You know, supervision is one of the things that, that our industry has really, um, you know, has really made take a massive, massive step back on. Um, as I say, I've been in the industry a long time. Robin, uh, Robin Gillespie at the back there. We we, we worked together many uh, many years ago on a small site. You know, it was uh, I think we had three or four guys, and there was there was me, there was Robin, there was an old boy called Sid, who was like a foreman. And you know, and, and and nowadays, if I went to a site like that, the manager will be will be miles away. You know, the the the, the foreman or the supervisor, you know, may actually be driving a loading shovel and things like that. And so, so there just isn't that level of supervision. So what we've got to do is we've got to get control. And just by putting the onus firmly onto the person who's doing the job, is going to be okay up until they get it wrong, and then it's going to fall apart because people make mistakes. Now, when it does go wrong, you know you're gonna, you know you're gonna feel concerned, you're gonna feel exposed, all these sort of things, isolated, pressure, nervous. There's gonna be a lot of questioning. People are gonna start to question, you know, well, what could we have done differently? And there's 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 gonna be there's gonna be a lot of blame there, and it's and it's very difficult 
to focus in on the on the positives when um, you know when these things have uh, when these things have happened, and um, and and I suppose you know what what we would what I'd like you to start thinking about is is, is actually saying okay you know we've got to this situation if. If we if we focus in on on the blame side of things, then we're gonna we're gonna stop we're gonna stop learning because um you know because that's what happens. What we do want to do is we want to still manage the incident. We want to make sure that people are cared for. You know we've got the scene is secure that kind of stuff. We're going to be taking statements and photographs and 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 try and get to some of these causes. You know the direct the under the in, the underlying the root causes. Improvement plans and all this, all this sort of stuff that's going to go on. The people that have been affected, and and uh, you know, when incidents happen and when things go wrong, it's, it's it's not just about the the family of the people that's been affected, but it's also about the people that work alongside the 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 individual. You know, the people that uh, the person that's there, that's you know, that's that's been working with this this colleague for a number of uh, for a number of years, or or has been involved in in that activity on a particular day when the uh, when the incidents happen. So there's there's lots of uh, there's lots of things that are going on there. But then, when we come to to actually look at look at trying to get into to, to, to what has really, really happened, it's it's really easy to get to get blinkered a little bit. And what we get blinkered by is 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 we get blinkered by this 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 twenty twenty vision, this hindsight. You know, I got there. The brightest and most informed people in the world would not be able to write a list of things that have not occurred to them. You just couldn't do it. And and so, and so, when you're doing the investigation, you know, when you're having a look at accidents and when you're having a look at incidents, it is so easy to 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 look at what's happened and then just make these assumptions that it was really, really obvious to the person who was doing the job at that particular time, you know. And 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 if you investigate with hindsight, then then you're always going to probably end up blaming the individual. And if you and if you blame the individual, as I said, you're, you're missing you're missing a trick. Um, it's it's impossible to learn at the same time as you blame. So 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 let's click, kick blame in the touch. You know, let's not uh, you know let's not go there and and let's actually start to ask questions in a you know in a slightly different way. You know, I was I was brought up uh, um, you know when I did my, my health and safety qualifications and stuff like that. There's a there's a there's a, a thing called the why tree analysis. You know where you have to ask the question why and why and why and why. And if you ask the question why, you know why why did you do this? You know it's 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 very very pointed, isn't it? It's 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 very very much looking at uh, you know looking at, at at the individual that uh, that that did the particular activity and um, and. And, and and so so you end up your, your train of thought ends up taking you down the route in a lot of cases of actually of actually blaming that. But whereas if you can actually ask a question, not not why did you do this, but but how did this happen? Then then by asking the question how how did it happen, what you start to do is you start to open it up a lot more. You start to look at a lot more at the at the company, a lot more at the uh, at the at the processes and the um and. Uh, you know, and the, and the formats, um, you know, of the of the way that the business works. Um, I've got a couple of I've got a couple of case studies, and I just want to talk about them and and just give you a bit of an idea of uh, I suppose of what I'm you know of what I'm, what I mean by that. And the first one this this happened this happened uh, fairly recently actually. It was one one of my clients. They've they've got a number of sites around the, uh, the around the UK, and I've and I've had a chat with them, and they're happy for me to uh, happy for me to talk about this. But um, but they had an incident down in Cornwall where um. 
where there was some maintenance going on. Um, in actual fact, there was more than there was more than one just one job going on. There were there were a number of jobs that were happening, and um, and the foreman on the site he went up to he went up to one of his lads, and and, and what they had to do is 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 they actually got um, material off of the belt. Uh, it was on a conveyor belt. Material off of the belt actually uh, got caught around the head drum of a of a conveyor. And so what they were doing is they is this individual was was basically he removed the uh, he removed the conveyor and he was starting to uh, starting to take the uh, the um, the items from around the head drum. The foreman who was on the who was on the job he um he walked away from the job okay walked across the site and um and as he was walking across the site he 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 heard the pre start alarm on the plant start up and and he immediately thought there is no way that that, that guy. Has, has put the guard back on. There's no way that's happened. So he ran over. He ran over to the control room, and he and he and he shouted to the uh, to the to, to the guy in the control room, "Stop the plant!" Okay, and and the con- the guy in the control room stopped the plant, and then they had this they had this walk. They had this walk of about of about ten or fifteen seconds, where where they um they had to go from the control room over to where this guy was working, to um you know to see uh, to see what happened. And when they got there, the guy was really blasé. Okay, well, what a bloody hell! You know, what a bloody hell are you going on about? You know, it's a. I was all right. You know, I stood away. Um, you know, nothing. Uh, nothing happened. And um, and and his attitude was crap. Okay, it was really crap. And so they um, and so they got rid of him. Okay, they, and 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 that happens a lot. You know, I mean, the attitude was crap, and they got rid of him. And I and I listened to the um, I listened to what they were talking about, and I said, I said, I don't think you've got that right. And 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 they said, why not? And I said. I said, for me, there's, there's, there's things that are much, much more fundamental here that you've, uh, that you've missed. And I said, um, I said the, the guy hadn't put his, his lock on, okay, um, and had started working on the plant. There, there'd been about two or three other jobs going on. So there was a, there was a number of locks that had been applied onto the, uh, onto the isolator. The, um, the, the, and the whole plant, they shut the whole plant off. The, um, the, the foreman on the site, basically, he... he, he the people were coming back in as they finished the dogs, and they were taking the, they were taking the lock off, and he had a control lock on, and he took his control lock off because there was no other locks on the uh, on the plant, and the plant got started up, and um, and there was was one of the fundamental issues. You know, they'd they'd taken that last lock off without without doing enough work, without without doing enough uh, enough enough observation, enough of a look around, and and the, and the guy who, who pressed the, the the green button. In the uh, in the plant, had made assumptions that everything was okay as well, and hadn't checked. And and so 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 what we did, right? There was there was there's a couple of ways you could do this. You could you could you could have just said it was the guy's fault. You know, he should have locked off. He should have known better and carried on. But what we did is we is we is we sat down with the guys on the site and we said, how did we get to this situation, and and what do we need to do differently to stop this from happening again? And and the guys themselves came up with some really great reasons why they thought it happened and it was to do with the guy starting on another job first and then migrating over and and it was only going to be a quick job and it wouldn't take him long and blah 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 and you know these are all these are all excuses i suppose but but what there was not there was there was no there were no cross checks there were no balances there was nothing in their system in the way that they did it to, to make sure that people had actually isolated and locked off properly and that before the guard came off that everybody was away from the uh, was away from the equipment, and so and so they came up with some ideas. They they started to talk about buddying. They they've actually said the way that they're going to run their business now is there's never ever going to be one person putting a lock on in isolation. 
If a nice, if a lock needs to go on, there's always going to be two locks go on, okay? And there's never going to be a situation where the last lock gets taken off without a really thorough check of the plant to make sure that everybody was clear. And they're just a couple of things that uh, that that could have been overlooked if if you just blamed the individual who made the mistake, because people make mistakes. The HV uh, the HV incident um, is it's interesting, Andy, listening to you talking about talking about HV. So I so I worked for this uh, I worked for this company, and we had this uh, we had this situation down in um, down in the south uh, in the southeast. Where we needed to move a transformer, and we called in a, a HV contractor to come and do the isolation for us on this uh, on this transformer, and um, and and, and assumptions were made, okay, because because there was a real lack of understanding of, of HV work in the uh, you know in the business. Assumptions were made that these guys knew what they were talking about and they were going to get on, they were going to get on with it. So so we found out after the event when we did the investigation that what they did is they they found the the switch that um that that, that isolated this transformer and it and it was locked in the on position okay which I I don't know I think that's quite normal for for switches that aren't owned by the company okay but so this switch was locked so so they cut this lock off and they turned the power off and that killed the power to the uh, to the transformer a crane came in and then picked up this transformer and as it was moving it one of the lads noticed that the uh, that the transformer was buzzing, so 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 they put it down really carefully, and they said, "Shit, we've got a bit of a problem here." So um so so and, and and what we found, okay, what we as a business, okay, we said, you know, it's not about it's not about blaming the individuals here. We've fundamentally got an issue, got a problem with the way that we manage health and uh, HV, HV in our business. Because, because we didn't know, we didn't know anything about it, and, and, and so we did this check. We had we had eight hundred sites across the UK, and and of those eight hundred sites, about sixty of them had transformers on. Okay, and of those sixty sites that had transformers, we had one manager, just one manager only, who knew whether the company owned or didn't own that equipment. There was a lot of assumptions that were made. People assumed it was ours, or they assumed it was it was owned by the electricity board, but nobody actually knew. And so, and so, what we did is we we actually implemented and put into a place a much much more robust way of of actually managing HV. And and what you find, you know, and you're talking about you know stuff not being checked. You know, there's a you know there's that cable between the transformer and the and the first panel that uh, that, that hardly ever gets checked because you you don't turn the, the HV off, do you? You know, so 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 it's a you know it's a real issue within the business. But but if we had if we just looked at of blaming individuals, then, then, then what we would have done is we would have ended up not, not learning from it. So, you know, so we must, we must actually start to, uh, start to learn, you know, when, when things, when things go wrong. It's a fantastic opportunity. I used to work in, uh, I used to work in, in, in mid Wales. Okay. And, uh, and I ran, a, I, I ran a site, uh, where, um, I had a, a, an asphalt plant on the site and, um, and I thought, you know, I, I came out of uh, I came out of university. Um, I, I went to I went to Leeds uh, Leeds Uni and did my quarrying degree many years ago. And then I came out and I spent a bit of time, as I say, up with Robin up in uh, up in Cumbria. And then I went down to Wales, and this is where, this is where I was working. So I was I was pretty green. I was I was pretty fresh out of uh, out of university. And I was on this site. I was running this site, and I had this uh, what I called this this open this open door style of management. Okay. Um, if you've got a problem, if you've got an issue in your business, then then the door is open. My door is always open. Come and talk to me. 
And, and, and it's a bloody lazy way of managing. Okay, what, what was I saying? I was saying that I expected the, the guys, the people that are out in the workplace to actually come out of, their, uh, out of their environment and come into my environment and talk to me about health and safety. And it was lazy. Now the problem is, problem is, is I had eight or nine people working on that site and, and, and seven of them were quite happy to come in and talk to me. So I actually thought I was being quite successful. You know, because people were coming through the door. People were coming through the and, and talking to us about issues and about things that are going on in the business. But I had a couple of guys that didn't come in, and, and they were probably the ones that I actually needed to spend most of my time with. And I had this um, I had this guy called called Les, okay. And and my relationship with Les was was quite interesting, okay. I thought um I thought Les was a was a little bit old school. I thought he was um a little bit stuck in his ways. Um, he. He, you know, he was just, he was just a little bit, you know, he was in his sixties. He was, you know, he was 60, 63, 64 when, um, you know, when I started working at this place. He'd been there a long time. He looked at me and, and I think, so my, my attitude of him was, it was, it was a bit old school. His attitude or his, his view of me was, was I was a twat. And, and, and there's a, probably a couple of you out there are probably thinking, and, and he got it right. Um, but, um, but, the, but the thing is, is, is we didn't have a great relationship. Okay. We, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk. Okay. And, and and what happened is 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 Les retired, okay? Les retired, and he went on his uh, and he went on his way, and it was almost it was almost like good riddance off your, off your head. And Les, um, I replaced Les right with a guy called Gary, and Gary came in, and uh, within a week or so, Gary Gary picked up the phone and he said, "Look, Colin, I'm not prepared to start the plant in the way that Les used to start the plant," and I said. What do you mean? And he said, well, come over and have a look. And I liked Gary, so, so over I went. And I found that, that sort of three or four weeks beforehand, I'd had a 65-year-old guy at up past four, five o'clock in the morning, had climbed up this plant, he'd held onto this beam, he'd reached around this, this bitumen pipe about two metres up in the air, and, and with this hammer, he hit this valve, okay? He just tapped this valve. Because every now and again, it stuck. It didn't stuck, stick every day. It didn't stick every week. It just stuck every now and again. And I let um, well let, let me let me start with let me start with Les. Okay, Les Les let himself down a little bit. Okay, because because Les actually did climb up. Okay, he did climb up that plant and he did reach around that pipe and he did it that uh, he did it that 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 uh, that um, that valve two meters up in the air and he gambled. You know, he gambled everything. You know, right up till the point that he retired, he gambled absolutely everything um, to keep the plant going because. Because his perception, you know, and the perception that we, we probably drive as an industry is about production, is about getting the stuff out of the gate, is about getting the stuff moving. Let's, um, let's let all of his mates down as well because he didn't tell anyone about it. Okay, he went on his way and he didn't tell anyone about it. Now, fortunately, okay, Gary had the confidence, had the confidence to come and actually pick up the phone and come and talk to me. Um, and, and, and so we avoided something. But, but I let down all the people on that site because I didn't foster a culture, foster an environment where people were happy to come and talk to me, whatever they felt of me, or talk to one of their colleagues or talk to one of their mates. I was very, you know, um, reclusive in a way, I suppose, because I was stuck in my office all the time, you know, doing stuff. And, and that was one of the big learnings for me. And, and, so, and so, so again, my challenge to you a little bit is to, is to, is to spend more time out in the business, talking to the people that are doing the jobs and talking about the jobs that have got a significant chance 
of seriously injuring or killing somebody. And if you can spend lots of time talking about those sort of things, then you're actually going to be in a much, much better place at the business, as a business. You know, because going back to the accident triangle, you know, you know, if, if, if stuff's coming in or, you know, you can't carry, you can't carry a, a cup up a set of stairs because you might get a burn. Yeah, okay, do something about that. But that isn't going to stop somebody getting pulled into a, into a conveyor. If you want to stop somebody getting pulled into a conveyor, then you've got to look at the control measures you've got in place whenever people are working in or near conveyors. You know, so, so it's about getting really good at looking at the things that can cause serious injury or harm. There was a mention as earlier on about, um, about, um, uh, leadership styles. And, um, and I think was it Vaughn, Vaughn McLeod you were talking about? And there was a line that you, uh, that you used in that, Julian. Woe betide if you got things wrong. And for me, that line basically totally destroyed anything that that guy is doing. Okay. I don't know the guy, but, um, but basically if you're getting punished because you've got something wrong, then, then you've missed an opportunity to make things better. Um, a few years ago, you know, you were looking at the, you were looking at the uh, list of the companies that have gone, gone bust and gone bang. And, uh, there was a, there was a, there's a company, I can't remember the name of them, but, um, but they were one of the first companies to make, um, to make uh, computers small enough that they could be, uh, that they could be taken home. And, um, and just as this first prototype came out, one of the young lads in the, uh, you know, in the business actually took the computer home with him one night, shouldn't have done, shouldn't have taken it home, but he wanted to just try it out, wanted to see what it was like, took it home and it got stolen. Okay, it got stolen when he was at home. And when he went back into work, he was absolutely crapping himself. You know, Jesus is the first prototype of this kind of machine. Um, and, and, and his boss had two ways of going. He had two ways of going with this. He could have given him a hard time, given him a bollocking. In actual fact, he sat back and he said, so, so we are the first company that can say that we have made a computer small enough to be stolen. Ain't that a fantastic place for us to be in? And, and, so, and so it's about having that, that kind of thought, and it? it's about kind, having that kind of thought process. And actually, you know, when things, when things have gone wrong, when things have gone bad, you know, what is it that we can actually learn from this? What, what is it that we can, that we can, uh, that we can do? So, you know, the last things I really want to talk about, I'm not sure I'm doing for time, but uh, I'm sure people will be happy to go for a bit of lunch, uh, a bit of lunch early, is, um, you know, don't apportion blame. You know, in actual fact, you know, if something's gone wrong, the reason it's gone wrong is because the, it was either the, the, the company hadn't put the right person on the job or the, there wasn't the right controls in place. You know, we don't have bad workers. You know, we, we, I don't think anybody in here could actually name an individual in their business that they think wants to come to work to get hurt. I don't think we can. Okay. I really, really don't. What happens is good people have accidents, you know, as well as people who, you know, people who make, make mistakes. It isn't just bad people that have accidents. Accidents happen because the controls aren't right. What I want you to do is, you know, is look at the positives, you know, the emergency arrangements. How well did they work? How did the people react under pressure? You know, what systems or procedures, um, improved as a result of the incident? What extra training was delivered as a result of the incident? You know, let's really look at the positives that are going on out there. What learning points can be spread across the business? And overall, you know, how is the business and the people in the, a better business now? And, and, and so, and so let's learn. You know, we have sayings. We learn from our mistakes. You know, so let's, uh, you know, let's do that. And so don't get an environment where people are frightened or scared to come forward if they've got something wrong. Actually embrace it. The industries that have been really successful at this are the, are the airline industries. You know, if you, would you get on a plane if you thought 
that the people who were doing the inspections on the plane, you know, were under pressure to, you know, to get so many inspections done and, and, and to not tell anybody if they see a problem or they see a fault. You wouldn't want to do that. You know, they, they actually challenge their people to, um, you know, to, 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 to come forward with issues. So, so, so as businesses, okay, you know, what can we do? What can we do with, with the, with the rewarding structure, you know, that having businesses? Okay. There are, there are bit, there are, there are near misreporting processes in businesses, you know, but our management, you know, really encouraged and rewarded for actually getting solutions to the things that are raised. And for me, that would be a much, much more positive thing to actually have in a business rather than just having the number of near misses that get, uh, that get recorded in. So, so that's, uh, you know, that's my, that's my challenge. Um, my last slide at the back, um, it's a bit of a, bit of a plug, but, at the back, there's a uh, there's a there's a there's a board there um, on the back wall, um, and if you if you if you've liked what you've heard a bit today, we've got the podcast going, which is trying to give a bit back to the industry, give a bit back to uh, you know to uh, to people who um, who are trying to um, who are trying to work, and and with your phones, if you put your phones into picture mode, you can just scan on one of those QR codes, and it'll take you to the uh, you know take you to the page, and you can subscribe. And if people can do that, then I'd uh, I'd really appreciate it. But hey, that's uh, that's me for now. Okay. So how um how was that? I hope you you got something from the uh, from the episode. You know, for me, the audience engagement is the is the bit that's uh, that's most important. You know, and I had some great chats with people after after doing my talk. Um, you know, we went into lunch and uh, it was just really interesting. You know, chatting to people about you know about how they can encourage people to be open and honest in the workplace. Um, you know, turning this uh you know turning this 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 blame culture away. Because there's nothing positive about blaming, and if we can remove the blame, then we can get people uh, get people learning uh, and learning from the situations that, uh, that that have occurred, you know. And that's that's probably the, the the big point for me is 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 to change your thinking. You know, if something's gone wrong, then more often than not, it's, it's because there's been some failure in the in the in the in the structure in the business in the in the procedure in the process. And the easiest thing in the world is to blame the individual. We need to move away from that. You know, we need to move in a, move to an approach where we 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 can learn, you know, rather than rather than blame. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I'd be really happy to uh, to come and talk at uh, at uh, events that you may have you may have running around uh, around the uh, the UK. So you know, if you want to if you want to join up on the community, if you want to drop us an email, then please do. And uh, the details are the details are at the end of this episode. Have a good one. Bye bye now. Thanks for listening to the Interesting Health and Safety Podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety Community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business.